Greetings from SoFi Stadium, a special offside edition of Rams All Access because of just how critical this matchup is. Undefeated Tampa Bay, undefeated Los Angeles in what could be an NFC Championship game preview. As of right now, these two are thought of as the favorites in that conference. We say good Thursday to DeMarco Farr. Yes, We're inching ever closer to this game that we've all had circled since the schedule no was released. No doubt. See, you always do this to me, JB. I'm looking at the field right now. So, theoretically, if, uh, if the Rams are the number one seed, the NFC Championship would happen right down there. Mm-hmm. And then if they win that, the next game would be right down there. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome when you think about it. And if they win on Sunday, they'll have a very good chance of having whatever game precedes those two being played right, right down there. Here. So that is amazing. It's yeah. too soon for, uh, for, for those types of things. I shouldn't have even said a no, potential no, NFC no. championship game it's preview. It's good. It's awesome. I mean, I think it just underscores how important this game is and how competitive Tampa is. I mean, look, no one's ahead of themselves. We're still in September. But Tampa Bay is playing good football. So are the Rams. These two teams will clash. So all the expectations and the hyperbole follows games like this. You know what I love about this week, though? And I, I try and get in the habit of reminding me when these really just heart-pounding moments, adrenaline-driven games come up, is my first year was 4-12. and 12. You went through even <laughs> harder times before that in I your history with the deleted Rams. deleted the memory, but yes. So how cool is it? That we are in this facility now in Inglewood, the world's greatest sports and entertainment uh, venue, and the NFL tees you up for this opportunity. Both teams hold up their end of the bargain. 2-0, 2-0, national game, and even now primetime is the new norm. The Rams max out those opportunities seemingly every year. I think it's awesome. I I read this blurb. Maybe uh, someone sent it to me. This is Brady's first visit to LA. The first time he's played ball in Los Angeles, and I know this was built for the L.A. Rams, this stadium, but it was built for marquee games like this that feature people like Tom Brady. So uh, this is the drawing point for Sean McVay, for free agents. This is what you're going to be playing in, and everyone's going to see it. So, uh, yeah, if you want to sell L.A. as a football market, this is the best week to do it. Hmm. You know, I mean, look, the defending champs are coming to town. The GOAT is coming to town. You have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford that's getting nothing but better, and uh, Aaron Donald and all these you know, top flight superstars are here. And the game is going to be good because somebody's O must go. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I might use that. Yeah. Somebody's O must go? <laughs> yeah. Is that something you've used before? No, it's a boxing thing. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Two undefeated guys go at First yeah. time that's crossed my desk. I'm going to put a pin in that one. Yeah. Let's start uh, with the 30,000-foot perspective before we dig into some of these matchups. After two weeks, what do we think we know about the 2021 Rams? I think we know that Matthew Stafford is as good as advertised. I, I think we know that some – I mean, it's early, but I think we know that some of the struggles up there in Detroit weren't him or weren't just about him. And Sean McVay – so far has been right about his quarterback switch. Um, There's still some people that are in the other guy's corner, and I'll just say Jared's corner. Uh, And you can't knock Jared Goff for his record. He's won how many games? 44 games uh, as a pro. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yet to win one outside of this ecosystem, however. True, but it's shocking. Still shocked a lot of people that you flopped quarterbacks. Well, I mean, if you – you know, you're in the booth. I mean, every time the Rams get to third down now, I mean – how, how do you feel this year as, as opposed to last year? I mean, I think you're in every single play with Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's not just us. That's the entire team. So I think Sean McVay is right there. 
Um, I still think Jalen Ramsey, there's a lot more uh, than advertised. I think he can get better. And Aaron Donald is still his, his dominant self. And the offensive line is staying together. So I think we know that the path that Sean McVay set this football team on to begin 2021 is the right one so far. Uh, DeMarco and I host the Coach McVay Show on Mondays from the Rams facility in Thousand Oaks. And two weeks in a row now, McVay has made this point about his quarterback. I want to get your reaction to it. Let's go ahead and hear what McVay's big picture takeaway is after working with Stafford for two games. His understanding of, okay, we have certain plays, and then you know, all right, based on, all right, if it's a protection problem, here's an issue. I need to be able to speed it up. Um, you know, but just his ability to process and quickly exhaust progressions is what really stands out to me after a couple games. I mean, you look at some of the ways that he can get through some red zone progressions. You look at even how quick he got on the one four play touchdown drive where we hit Cooper Cup on a longer one down the field. Uh, he's getting all the way to the back side of the progression really on both those completions on that four play sequence to Cooper where we started out hitting Robert on the keeper then Sony had kind of a good downhill direct run versus fire zone but you know he, he just sees everything he's able to communicate right when he gets off he doesn't need to look at the script at the uh the pictures he's seeing it in live action he has a reason for why he's doing everything and I can't tell you how nice that is to be able to you know work through those things in real time and how much easier it makes to to be able to move forward from next series uh you know when we get back out on the grass so so that's the point two weeks in a row now i think last week he described not needing to look at the surface right the tablet and as we look down at the field here at sofi stadium it's only a, a distance of about 15 yards right between the sideline oh yeah the white paint on the sideline and the bench but the conversation with stafford are starting basically outside the numbers to the sideline, right? (laughs) He's saying this guy sees the game the same way I see it in real time, and by the time he gets to where I'm standing, we're already problem-solving. See, that's cool. And throw Cooper Cup in there as well. I mean, there's a reason he's been going off. I mean, he sees it like Matthew Stafford, who sees it like Sean McVay. So bang, bang, bang. Uh, That's why these guys had a fantastic two weeks, and I hope it carries over. Uh, But Sean McVay, listening to him, and it just just popped into my head. I think that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are meeting at the right time because Sean McVay's been through this. So he's worked through his kinks and knocked out some, you know, uh, he's, he's become a better head coach at this time. And he's perfect for a guy like Matthew Stafford now. But how old is your oldest kid? Five. Five. So you haven't gone through teaching a kid how to drive yet. Okay. I hope I never do. When you do, I'm seriously, it's the same thing as when you finally let go of that handle in the car when when your kid's driving. Oh, he's got it. He understands. Or she understands. She gets it. You can relax a little bit. Same with Sean McVay. He's got a quarterback that gets it before he gets to the sideline. All it is is slight little adjustments or, hey, next time let's just quicken it up a little bit and I think you might have it. Okay, coach, we'll do it. Boom, it's in the end zone. I know what you mean because we've done the bike riding thing, and when you let go of the back of that seat, yeah, it's unnerving, but once you've done it, it feels, it feels terrific. It's old hat, yeah. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to zoom on there, and that was the getting through the progressions. Yeah. And if I've learned anything after seeing Stafford live for two games, it's that he's a stone-cold liar. <laughs> what do you mean? Like his eyes, yeah, yeah. His shoulders are lying to you. Oh yeah, you. big time. In fact, if I was playing safety against him, I would do the opposite of what I saw in his eyes. And then he's probably baiting you, and then he'll throw it. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think that's a function of his arm and his arm strength and his accuracy. Because there are some quarterbacks that know they can't make certain throws on the field, and that's the way they play. Uh, And that's why it's frustrating for certain fan bases. But when you're a guy like Matthew Stafford who can get the ball anywhere from anywhere on any arm slot or 
odd angle or platform, uh, everything is available. So you have the ability to look off people. Oh, it's not there. I can throw it from outside the right hash all the way beyond the numbers to hit a running back on my fourth read. You know what I mean? Because I have the guts and the arm strength to get it there. So, yeah, uh, he's got the poise to stand in there under a rush. He's pretty good protecting himself. And like you said, he can manipulate safeties. If you get that all right as a defense, oh, by the way, I can still hit my check down that's 50 yards away. But these were the types of games he was brought here to win. Yeah. Beating Chicago at home and Indy on the road, that's all good and, and fine. And that's uh, what I think the expectation was. It's been met. Um, but this is the difference between good or even great, which he has been, and elite. You have to beat the best. Let me flip sides of the football on you here. We're just getting started on Rams All Access. But I took issue with an article that I read this week on The Ringer that described the Rams' defense as a cheap knockoff of last year's group, which was the best <laughs> in the National Football League. Fair or foul? Why would uh, – foul? Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was – Designed to get a reaction, and it did. Oh, but, they got me. I mean, how can you say it's a cheap knockoff when Ramsey and Donald are still here? You know what I mean? I you, think it's the long field drives that yeah. Carson Wentz and Andy Dalton, who no one would project as top half quarterbacks in this league, were able to orchestrate. But I would say yeah. this. One of the touchdowns they gave up in Indianapolis was off a block punt. Right. The takeaways have outweighed the first downs and the time of possession they've allowed. And I also think that we have some revisionist history going on where last year's Brandon Staley defense, they weren't dominant from the jump. They had some rough patches in they the first month. They worked into it, yeah. They did. They worked into it, and they started to lean on opponents and dictate terms about week four and beyond. See, I think you're exactly right. I think that's where we are. I think this defense is great. I think it has a chance to be as good, if not better, than, than last year's because of the people that are still here and the, the attention to detail and just uh, – how do you say that? Um, uh the intensity from Aaron Donald and your best players, they will not let this defense sag. They will drag guys with them if they had to, same as last year. So uh, if you want to know how good this defense is, go back and watch the goal-to-go situations versus Indianapolis. To me, that's the toughness of this unit. Yeah, uh, They just refuse to get scored on, really. I mean, that means more to me than anything else. That's more than X's and O's. That's the, guy, that's the Johnny's and the Joe's on the field saying it's not going to happen. Not on my watch. I appreciate that temperament, and yet it's not sustainable, and it needs to change. They need more. Yeah. They need more three and outs than they do goal line stands. While I, while I appreciate the the precedent that they've laid down, because the byproduct is that of the Rams' seven touchdown drives, the shortest of them has been seventy yards. Okay, fair, and but I'll give you this: Carson Wentz threw one off his heel, a prayer on third and fourteen. They could have buried the Colts if they if Aaron Donald made, makes that sack or if that ball falls incomplete. I hear you. Gave them light life at you know as the visitor. The Colts were at home. Gave them life at home, and of course they're going to put up a fight. But if that's third and fourteen, that is a knockout shot that they barely got off. So I think the stats, the numbers, and everything after that game was completely different after that one play. I think they were ready to absolutely pack it in if Aaron Donald brings him down. Just real quick, I don't need to. A, a real elaborate answer here, more of just like a yes or no. Okay. Am I wrong thinking that this is the offense, as prolific as it is, Tampa Bay's, the Rams' defense was built to defeat? Yes. Like the construct of it. Whether or not they do it on Sunday, this is the design there, th that they're built to stifle. There is no answer for Tom Brady except 99. And so, like, Tennessee, for instance, who we'll get to later in the schedule, maybe not getting all the accolades as the team that's leading the NFL in scoring right now, but their approach could be more problematic, or Baltimore's could be more problematic for this Rams defense. Absolutely. Okay. Is this Bucks team better, though, 
than the version that won the Super Bowl earlier this year? We'll pick up our next segment with that question. For Marco Farr, you're listening to Rams All Access. It's a week three edition leading into America's Game of the Week here at SoFi Stadium, 710 ESPN. So the Buccaneers have won 10 consecutive games, nine of those. They've scored 30 points or more, first time in NFL history. That's happened. Tom Brady is shattering all sorts of personal and franchise records. So here we go with the undefeated Buccaneers coming to Inglewood to take on the 2-0 Los Angeles Rams. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, cannot wait to call this one on Sunday. DeMarco, we left off our first segment by posing the question, is this Bucs team even better than the version that won the Super Bowl earlier this year? If you think about that group, they didn't even win their division. They got hot late after the Rams beat them, after the Chiefs beat them. They had their bye week, and they have not lost since. Is this more of a juggernaut than maybe... The one we saw oh, last year. Oh, gosh. A juggernaut in this division. Um, no, I don't think they're the juggernaut yet. I think they're as good as anybody in the, the NFC. The thing that takes them over the top is they have Tom Brady at quarterback. So uh, there's nothing they can't do or a situation they can't overcome. So that makes them probably the favorite. But I think they're as good up front uh, defensively as anybody. They have as many problems as anyone else in the NFC, mm. if, that's, if that's fine to say. But... Real quick, let me say this about our own guys. I thought Kenny Young was playing great football until he got thrown out. Can't have that. Uh, Leonard Floyd, let me give him more props. Uh, when, when guys like him, pass rushers in particular, once they get the bag, sometimes they don't act right. This guy has turned into a leader. He's only getting better. That's that AD influence. And Sebastian Joseph Day, let me say this. If there were ranks in football like the military, that guy earned his stripes last week. Mm. He was absolutely phenomenal. At times, the best D lineman on the field, and that, that included Aaron Donald. That's wild that you say that because, like, Dude, my, he manhandled that center. I mean, absolutely two-gapped him, played the running back, tossed him and made the play, nine tackles. Amazing. And Eric Henderson, who I spoke with, agrees with you, and Sean McVay, who I spoke yeah. with, agrees with you, and Troy Reeder, the middle linebacker behind him, agrees with you. And, and my confidence in pro football focus waxes and wanes a little bit because yeah. they gave him a 44. Is that bad? Out of 100. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they don't know what they're looking at. I don't know. Maybe I, they don't know I, how Like how the, the, the neutral zone infraction called. I know is frustrating, but yeah. if that, that alone didn't do it, I, I don't know. No, he's, 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 he's balling out. Uh, he's physical. That, when he got the sack, it was a face mask. So what? They didn't see it. But when he got up and did the pay me sign, yeah. that's exactly what I'm looking for out of him. Yes. Maybe, Go get it, son. Maybe it's a good week to yeah. offer him that contract extension coming off of that PFF 44. Let's dig into some of the matchups. And top of my mind is Vita Vea. Yeah. Okay. He's one of your former Huskies. He's an issue. And Dominican Sue plays next to him. Uh. Uh, there's some other good defensive linemen, certainly for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I'll say this. Brian Allen's been good so far. He's validated the Rams' decision to elevate him back to their starting center. If he's good this week, I think I'm completely convinced. Okay, well, look, you got Godzilla in front of you now, man. This, this is different. So here, I'll be honest, perfectly honest. If this was a joint practice session with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this was 9-on-7 inside run drill, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would absolutely kill the Rams. I mean, wipe the floor with them. I, I think their front seven, when you factor in Devin White, and uh, Levante David is, is the NFL's version of Benjamin Button. Hmm. As The older he gets, the, the younger he, he looks. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're just tremendous. And then you got to factor in Sue. They're just too strong. So I think you understand that. Um, but I would feed the beast this week. 
Uh, because if you give them a whiff of run, they're going to crawl right up in those gaps and try to stuff you. So that's going to open everything up for the play action. So just because they're big, strong, and tough and have the advantage does not mean you should stop trying to run the football up the gut. No, I don't disagree with that, although Sean McVay has opted to throw the football on these Buccaneers mm-hmm. and against Todd Bowl the past couple of seasons, and they've shredded the Buccaneers. I mean, to consider the fact that they're one and one, you had the disaster at the Coliseum in 2019, but bounced back and won at their place Monday Night Football, and you put up great offensive numbers despite six golf turnovers in those two games. Like, this is a structure. These are presentations and schemes that Sean McVay feels very comfortable play calling against. Oh, no doubt. But I just uh, to that point, you have to keep them guessing, so to speak. You have to keep them honest. I, I'm trying not to use that because everybody uses that. But you have to make those guys we mentioned, Sue, Vea, uh, Devin White, and Levante David, you have to make them play run, then play pass. If you come out and try to throw the football and say, hey, look, it's, it's a passing day, then that's how they'll adjust and they'll make you pay for it. With or so, without Daryl Henderson? With or without. I mean, absolutely slam it up in there. Let Sony Michelle or whoever run the football up the gut to at least make them play those blocks and then run the offense. You may not have a ton of success. I don't expect you to move these big monsters, but at least keep them honest and in the defense and then make them collapse and then take advantage of, uh, take advantage of, of the edges in play action. And then you can start to get after Cooper Cup and the secondary. The Bucks' regular nickel, Sean Murphy Bunting, dislocated his elbow in the season opener. Russ Cockrell is the fill-in option. He's not been great. They've gone to some big nickel packages with safety Mike Edwards, who had two pick sixes last week. But Cup is off to a prolific start, and there doesn't seem to be any reason why that can't continue in week three. You know, okay, uh, well, maybe this isn't the form, but I'll just say it. Um, I saw right when the game was over in Indianapolis. It was great. It was relief. It was good to have the W on the road, right? Uh, So as both teams meet in the middle of the field to shake hands after the game, the first guy I saw leave the field was Deshaun Jackson. Uh, And usually players do that when they're mad. And then when we got on the plane to go home, I checked the, the box scores or the game book, and he only had three snaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why you're upset. I get it. But when Cooper Cup is that hot, feed him. Really. Uh, when he's going like that, when he's a matchup problem, slot outside the numbers, he's breaking tackles, then go ahead and feed the guy. Remember, Deshaun Jackson was brought here to supplement, not save this, this receiving core. So if he's going, keep going. Uh, but there's going to be an answer for Cooper Cup. No one's going to allow you to do what you did against Indy week in and week out. There's going to be an answer to Cooper Cup. So when it's your turn, Robert Woods, when it's your turn, Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby, running backs out of the backfield, you have to take advantage of what they're giving you to take away Cooper Cup. I feel the tension, though, for Sean McVay because, yes, they brought in Deshaun Jackson and drafted 2-2 Atwell so that Cooper Cup wouldn't have to play this high of a snap count. Someone who's ended the year injured in playoff and even a Super Bowl loss during his tenure. I, you can't win a Super Bowl in September, right? you got to play the long game, and yet you're on the road in Indianapolis. You know the Buccaneers are coming in next. You're playing well, and he's feasting. Ride the hot hand. I, I see it. Now you got the Buccaneers. Okay, next week it's division play. Like, where does this, where does this train stop? And how do you convince yourself that it's okay to play more 12 with Johnny Munt or that it's okay Soon. to run Deshaun out there? I'm with you. And the same with Aaron that we talked about. He's missed only seven snaps. I couldn't believe games. when you told me that earlier. Seven this snaps. He's, 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 he's not coming out of the game. Uh, Cooper Cup is playing a lot. So. When you go and, and talk about resting, they're not going to. I think you need them. But if you have a game that's 
well in hand, you can start to sub them out and get them rest during the game. But what you can't do is mess it up on special teams. When you have a game, when you have them down, when you, uh, you have a lead and you're grinding clock, you can't have special teams miscues that put your best players back on the field right. for extra reps. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so be professional about your victories. Get out in front. You've got good players. When you've got a lead, sit on it, grind it, and be professional on the way out. Don't mess it up and have to fight with teams like the Colts just to win it. Their drives have been so quick and so efficient that part of it is if you substitute, they can substitute as well. And when you present this 11 personnel structure with Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby, you got the guys you want on the field. And as you go down the field, they can't do anything about it until you change. So uh, it's worked well for parts of five years now for McVay. Are you willing to maybe start a new drive with Deshaun Jackson or Johnny Munt or even Jacob Harris, who we haven't seen yet, something like that? Uh, It's got to happen at some point because the volume that we're describing is not going to be sustainable through 17 weeks. At some point, it's going to switch. But, yeah, and I think both quarterbacks, and I think you made this point on between the horns, um, which quarterback is going to go up tempo first? I bet it's Brady because both applies. You want to wear the other's defense out so you can take advantage of throwing the football and negate that pass rush a little bit. So if this is going back and forth and Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady are playing the punt game, they're not making mistakes – but they're not really trying to go downfield that much. The last thing you want to do is help Tampa Bay, help Tom Brady by messing up on special teams and give them short fields. Let's stick with that matchup then. Brady against the Rams defense. What do you do with Gronkowski? Well, okay, Jake, uh, what's his name? Jake, is it Jake Doyle? Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle. Jack Doyle is a poor man's Gronkowski, right? Well, here comes the real deal, and what do you do? You, you grab your pants and hold on uh, because – this is the best in the business. No disrespect to George Kittle up in San Francisco, but this is the guy, when he puts his hand down in line, can move you. Uh, he's also pretty good with bluffs. If you think Matthew Stafford lies, watch Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. He is so good at getting out on those screens. And when he turns north and south, man, I don't think there's a safety out there that really wants to tag him one-on-one because he can hurt you. And corners, too. So, uh, And he seems to see the field. Think about if you, if you made Cooper Cup a tight end. That's Gronkowski. And their connection with with Tom Brady. They seem to always find each other in the dead spots. And when the ball's in the air, he thinks it's his. And when he's got it, he's he's a snoot full to bring down. So he's an absolute it. Kenny Young's going to have to be great. Uh, Taylor Rapp is going to have to be at his tackling best. Uh, And whoever is on that side with with Gronkowski, you're going to have to help out the next guy that has to bring him down. There was a goal line sequence, and Greg Olson was on the call for the Mm -hmm. television broadcast against Atlanta last week, where it seemed like... To his description, Brady and Gronk were the only ones who knew it wasn't a running play. That there was a check at the line of scrimmage. It was just a verbal call from Tom to his running mate, Gronkowski, and it turned into a touchdown. That's hard to stop. Yeah, it is. And his next touchdown will tie your former teammate, Isaac Bruce, for the 11th most touchdown receptions in NFL history. I'm not going to lie. I owe that man an apology. Uh, Remember when he had, I think, a broken arm or some sort of infection and there was a shot of him at a bar drunk wrestling. I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to make it five years. And here he is. He's going to be the best of all time. Wow. The sabbatical did him well, as did the change (laughs) of scenery. Gronkowski, Brady, and the Buccaneers will be here for an undefeated showdown at SoFi Stadium. We'll have the call for you on Sunday afternoon in Inglewood. Still to come, it's four down territory plus our playoff eliminator game 
and a whip around the division. The Cardinals and the 49ers still undefeated as well, and the Seahawks 1-1 one one going to Minneapolis. All that still ahead on Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Four Down Territory is coming up with the latest on some Bucks injury news and perspective from Tampa Bay. But first, let's hear from the head coach of the defending Super Bowl champions, Bruce Arians, who was very complimentary in his thoughts on Matthew Stafford and what he's seen so far. He spoke earlier this week about the difference in Sean McVay's offense with number nine at the controls. Probably just some longer shots down the field. You know, off the hard bootleg action, the, the hard play action, you know, Matt's arm is, is he can throw it 100 yards almost. So you're going you're gonna to have to cover a long, long way when they try to stretch you. The rest, it looks just like Sean's offense. We played him two years in a row. And, uh, you know, it got spread us out, just like everybody else is now. And uh, we got to defend the field and tackle better. I mean, Cooper Cup is one hell of a tough tackle. Man, He's what? a good receiver, Who but he's a hell of a tough tackle. Hey, hey Coach, and, uh, he's grown on me. I mean, obviously, I'm from L.A., and I've seen him. He's grown on me so crazy, just what you just said. Like, get that dude on the ground, man. I mean, we had Corderell Patterson last week, who I think is one of the toughest tackles in the league right now. But Cooper Cup is another one. I mean, and, uh, you know, Robert Woods isn't shaky, shabby either. So, I mean, they're great run after the catch, but those cats are physical. They yeah. really block for each other. And, uh, yeah, they got a good thing going. That was Bruce Arians with Keyshawn Johnson here on 710 ESPN on a Thursday morning previewing the game of the week at SoFi Stadium. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 2-0, the Los Angeles Rams, also winners of their first two games. All right, it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Let's bring in friend of the program and my brother-in-law, Scott Smith, Fox 13 sports director in Tampa Bay. He's Carson and Cameron's father. He's Karina's husband, and he is also a friend of my family. Scott, how you doing? <laughs> doing very well. Quite the introduction, yes. Yeah, I'm not... You cannot get rid of me, no matter what. Wow, we only wish that you were uh, coming out for this one, but we know you're going to have uh, pre- and post-game coverage, uh, the game airing on your air there in the greater Tampa Bay area. All right, first question for you. Having seen what this team did last year, is it possible the 2021 Bucks are even better than the one that won the Super Bowl eight months ago? I think that case can be certainly argued through the first two weeks. Uh, offensively, they have found a rhythm that it took them, you know, half a season, maybe three quarters of the season to find last year. Tom Brady's confidence and comfort in this offense is, uh, to quote Bruce Arians, light years ahead of where it was last year. Didn't even know the terminology, uh, kind of went in flying blind, not having a preseason last year. So offensively, uh, yeah. They, they're certainly ahead of where they were last year. Brady is comfortable not only in the system, but in his weapons and being able to get it to all his playmakers in this offense. Defensively, it's it's kind of where they were last year. Uh, I mean, to be honest, they, they're a team that can make the big plays. We saw that last week with the two pick sixes by Mike Edwards in the final eight minutes of the game. But they're going to give up a lot. Uh, that The back end of their defense uh, has been – taken advantage of a little bit, and part of that is due to injury, but part of that is just a function of the fact that uh, getting out in front of teams really presses the issue, and, and they're going to have to let it fly a little bit earlier in games than they otherwise would. So the defense, playmakers, not not quite a shutdown defense. Uh, offensively, yes, leaps and bounds ahead of where they were at this point last year. Injuries, of course, always the curveball. 
Scott Smith is the Fox 13 Sports Director in Tampa Bay. He's our guest this week on Four Down Territory. Speaking of that secondary, I was going to ask, is there a weak spot on this roster? If they have one, is it pass coverage? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that the secondary is still young. And though it's you know kind of anchored in there by Carlton Davis is their top cornerback, uh, they're having to reach in a little, a little bit of depth with Jamel Dean at the other corner. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is, you know, a rising star in his second year. Uh, the safety, he's a, he's a nice playmaker. But yeah, there, there is there is certainly a weakness there. Uh, depth has been an issue, and that's something that they've even talked about addressing here already in week three of the season. Potentially going out and trying to find a guy maybe like a Richard Sherman, somebody that can provide a little bit more depth, somebody that's available um, that can help these young guys that, that is versed in, in, in defensive schemes, uh, not, not necessarily young guy. They have plenty of young secondary. I think Bruce Aaron both. But, yeah, I think that, uh, that that probably is the weakness. Well, Scott, as we speak on this Thursday, three days away from kickoff, it seems like Antonio Brown and JPP are both going to be questionable, if not doubtful, given their status for various reasons, one on offense, one on defense. Let's assume for the moment they'll be without AB and without Jason Pierre-Paul when they face the Rams. Which one of those two would be the bigger absence in your mind? It's probably Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, you know, this guy, is he's, he's, a, he's always on the injury report. So, you know, last year, every week, he's going to pop up on the injury report and yet he, he still makes it for game time. Uh, he is kind of an engine for this defense. Uh, he is, he's a leader for the defense, and he's gonna, you know what you have. He's a known commodity. To have to go to a rookie in Joe Tryon Shoinka, although they've, they've seen a lot of really good and encouraging things out of him, to, to put a, a rookie into that situation, uh, I think that that's probably the, the biggest question mark. Uh, can he handle it if JPP cannot go? Um, you know, as far as Antonio Brown, they still have other guys that have really that, that they trust a lot, but they have not done much this year. Guys like Scotty Miller, uh, you know, even in your, your group of tight ends, you have O.J. Howard and Cam Brait, uh outlets for this for, for Tom Brady that, that have not really been used yet this year. So I think that they feel good in their kind of offensive weaponry, but defensively to have a veteran uh, that can get after the quarterback like JPP, a, a motor guy. Uh, I think that that could be a potential big loss for this team. This is Four Down Territory on Rams All Access. Scott Smith is our guest from Tampa Bay. He covers the Bucks for Fox 13. Final question for my brother-in-law. Where is the fountain of youth that Brady and Gronk are guzzling from, and why have you never taken me there? <laughs> well, you know, that's the, that's the big question, right? So it's, uh, it's, I think part of it has to do with playing in Bruce Arians' offense. And there is this sense of youthful exuberance because he's allowed to be who he wants to be, uh, you know, and I think he has a freedom and a, a, a personality that's kind of being unleashed a little bit. I mean, again, we're kind of grasping at like the less than like tangible physical excuses for, obviously we all know about his diet. We know about his regimen and, and all this, but, I think a lot of it just has to do with having a joy for the game and, and being in a place where he's able to, to do what he wants to do. He has as much input in, in anything that they do offensively. 
and he gets plenty of veteran days off when need be. And, and so I think really Bruce Arians and that connection that he's had with him as a head coach has really kind of lit a, a fire underneath him. And of course he loves Tom Brady loves the fact that he gets to kind of pass on his knowledge to young guys and that he certainly has here in Tampa Bay with, with the receivers uh, and, and offensive line, to be quite honest, that he feels like he can really kind of mold this next generation of football players. And he has the opportunity to do that here in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, that might be it. Or it could be just some magical potion. I don't know. I, you know, I, I've never tried the TB12 method, but I understand that it works well. I just couldn't bring myself to the avocado ice cream. Oh, you and I should try drinking from the Stanley Cup there in Tampa Bay next time I visit and see if that does the trick. Scott Smith from Fox 13 in Tampa Bay. It's been three years in a row, Scott. Looking forward to hopefully a fourth consecutive matchup if these two teams can win their division and finish as like-place finishers going ahead to next season. Appreciate you, Scott. Uncle B's, always a pleasure. All right, we heard from Scott. We heard from Bruce Arians. We'll bring in DeMarco Farr to finish things off with Around the Division and our Playoff Eliminator game. Before we're done on this edition of Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. All right, let's start with Around the Division as this edition of Rams All Access continues. DeMarco Farr and J.B. Long from SoFi Stadium, less than three days away now from kickoff with the Buccaneers. The NFC West has been as advertised. The Niners and the Cardinals still undefeated. The Seahawks at 1-1. One and one. Let's start with Arizona, DeMarco, because they're the next opponent on the Rams' schedule, and they're going to winless Jacksonville. So Arizona should be coming here undefeated next week. Am I wrong? Well, yeah. I mean, you still got to play them, but uh, Jacksonville is still trying to figure it out with their rookie quarter. Urban Meyer is still trying to figure it out. Let's just leave it there. And I think Arizona has found something uh, in Kyler Murray. And... Maybe it is addition by subtraction now that Fitz isn't there. Hopkins has gone completely berserk. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no indecision for Kyler Murray. I don't have to always try to, you know, placate this guy so I can throw the ball to that guy. I can just throw it to Hopkins anytime I want, and if it's not there, I'll just take off and run. So, boy, that is scary. I mean, that is a job-saving effort by Kyler Murray so far. To be fair, the Cardinals should be 1-1, one one, if not for a missed Minnesota field goal. The Vikings are now home, backed into a corner with the Seahawks coming in. This is just like we described last week with Minnesota at Arizona, one of those you can't really lose games. I mean, you would prefer the Vikings, hand your division rival their second loss. But if Seattle gets out of there and hands Minnesota to an 0-3, that clears out the NFC North. It clears out the NFC playoff bubble. Could clear out. Minnesota's head coach, too. But, uh, look, go back to when the Rams played Minnesota, right, and what Sean McVay can do against that traditional 4-3 that they refuse to get out of, right? It, it, you can absolutely tear it apart. Well, now you've got Russell Wilson running a similar offense, and it is Russell Wilson. So that's, that's going to be a problem for Minnesota unless they change. But if you think that the plain old 4-3, and I'm going to run cover two behind it, is going to be able to slow down Seattle, you've got some issues in Minnesota. Vikings are still so talented offensively, though. How about the other game, the Sunday night football matchup, maybe the second-best game of the week? One-in-one Packers coming off a Monday night win over the Lions, short week road trip to San Francisco where they mauled, got mauled by the Niners a couple years back. San Francisco already has two road wins, and now they get the Packers coming their way for primetime. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is finally back, I guess. After that, that week one debacle, I think this is more of what they're going to look like. But still, it's going to be tough to travel. It's going to be loud. They've got a pass rush. Uh, they know how to get Bosa free. He knows how to get himself free. 
he can destroy an offense almost as fast as Aaron when he's going. So I'm still taking Green Bay in this mix, but San Francisco, once they find a guy, a, a, a running back, a guy that's going to be the guy in that offense, they're always going to be a problem. Here's my other theme of the week. Uh, besides those matchups, it's AFC teams at home in a position to do the Rams a favor by beating NFC playoff contenders. Already mentioned the Jaguars, unlikely nope. for Urban Meyer at home against the Cardinals. Similarly, Houston, without Tyrod Taylor, against 2-0 Carolina tonight. Don't expect much, but if it were to happen, you'll take it. How about Buffalo, though, home to 1-1 one one Washington? That could thin out the NFC East. Yeah, uh, I'll take Buff. Yeah, go ahead. How about Cleveland home to 1-1 one one Chicago, thinning out the NFC North with Justin Fields making his first career start? What do start? you think of Cleveland? Honest opinion of Cleveland. I think they're solid. Solid? Are they there? Have they arrived? Is this their year? I'm not sure yet. Oh, I would. I'm not willing this is to two say. Two years in a row. I'm with not this willing overhyped. to say yeah. that because there are so many other AFC teams that I like, including teams that already have taken a loss. Okay, it just it's two years worth of hype. That that's all I'm saying. I think the AFC has like ten, maybe even eleven playoff teams. You think so? Yeah, and Cleveland's one of them. Okay. I just think they're deeper than the NFC. Well, let, let's see. I, I'm, still, I'm in a wait-and-see approach with Baker Mayfield and Cleveland. I'm still in the wait-and-see mode. I know that sounds weird, but I still need to see more there. So the Jags are home to the Cardinals. Houston is home to Carolina. Buffalo home to Washington. Cleveland to Chicago. And then the last one I have circled is New England against 1-1 one one New Orleans. New Orleans was arguably the most impressive team of week one. In the blink of an eye, they could be 1-2. and two. Well, they were impressive two weeks in a row, if you ask me. Impressively good, impressively well, bad. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. Um, but, look, that was Sean Payton's worst offensive outing ever. That's going to change. Uh, maybe a little less on Jameis Winston's plate. We'll see. But uh, I don't think New Orleans is out of this thing yet. Well, if you're talking about three teams coming out of the NFC West or even four, it's going to require some weeks like these where the AFC just clears out I hope so. that, that NFC playoff bubble. So we'll see how many of those break the Rams' way. All right, are you ready for the latest installment of our playoff eliminator game? Let's get it. All right, so DeMarco has the Jets. He's drafted the New York Jets to miss the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, he gets a point. I'm looking pretty good. Yep. I took the Lions with my first selection. If the Lions miss the playoffs, I get a point. Most points wins, but you can't go over. And what I mean by over is if you pick a team, if you draft a team that makes the postseason, you automatically lose. So the Jets are 0-2. They're at 2-0 Denver. DeMarco is sitting in prime position with that pick. The Lions are 0-2, and they host 1-1 Baltimore. I'm also feeling good about my top overall selection. Where do we go from here, though? We both punted last week. Week two, neither one of us chose to make a selection. I still have uh, control of the, the top pick on the board, okay. and here's what's under consideration for me. A winless matchup between Atlanta and the Giants. Oh, God, you took my... <laughs> well, here's, yeah. the, here's okay. the difficulty, though. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe you can't go wrong with either of these teams. Okay. But I'm hesitant to pick either one of them until I see this outcome. Like, I want the... 0-3 team next week, whoever drops this one. So you're going to punt? I don't, I don't know yet. Okay. I also have my eye on the 0-2 Colts, who I think are super talented. I was impressed by their Ooh. home field environment. But they're 0-2, and they're 0-2 at home, and now they start a three-game road stretch, and four of their next five away from Indy, 
Carson Wentz is injured, Ooh. and they go to Tennessee this week. Ooh, that's a good pick. But their division is soft. That's a good pick, though. Their division is soft, though. As as long as Tennessee is trying to find it, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, There's still a path to winning this division. Oof. And so do you wait another week on the Colts? Two more. 0-2 Minnesota hosting Seattle. We already talked about that. Are you ready to no, cross not, out Minnesota? No, I'm not ready to cross out Minnesota. And Absolutely then, not. And then here's a sleeper. Justin Herbert and the Chargers have had some great moments. Yep. They could easily be 2-0, and but they're 1-1. and They're going to Kansas City, and then behind Kansas City is Oakland, Cleveland, at Baltimore, and New England. Ooh, I see you. You're playing a long game so here. So okay. if you want to go early. I am. I'm ready to go early. You're going to make a pick this I'm week? I'm going to make a pick this okay, week. Okay, if, if I know you're going to make a pick this week, then I have to, I have to leap. I'm taking the New York Giants. No way. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think the Falcons beat them. I think the Saints will get right. They, have, they don't have a prayer against Dallas, and the Rams are going to beat them. Okay, so give me the Colts then. I'm adding the Colts to my portfolio, and I'm putting the New York Giants in your bucket. I, it's a good pick. Even if they lose this week, you, I mean, even if they win this week, you could still be in good shape. But I'm going to root for the Giants to win for two reasons. One, because it hurts your cause. You're right. <laughs> and two, because it leaves potentially 0-3 Atlanta for me to nab next week. Nice. If, if that's how that goes. Okay, I see you. All right, so let's finish with... I uh, will never play cards with you, by the way. Some final thoughts. <laughs> so uh, just to make clear, set the record straight, you've got the Jets and you've got the Giants. You're deep yes. in New York football right now. I've got the Lions so far, and I'm going with the Colts to add to my playoff eliminator bracket. This is fun. Okay, a couple minutes to finish here with our matchup, undefeated Tampa Bay and the 2-0 Los Angeles Rams. Give me a closing conclusion thought. Well, look, uh, I, I think the offseason of what if, uh, I think it's been answered. Matthew Stafford in this offense is good, um, and I, so, I still think there's more there. Defensively, I think the effort, intensity, and the attack is there. Eventually, the communication and the gelling factor uh, will come into play. And I, I'm so glad you pointed it out. The last year's number one defense took a while to gel. When they did, they were as hard as rocks. I think this defense is on a similar path. So uh, we'll see what happens. Win or lose this game, this will not define or tell us who will win the Super Bowl. This will be a great matchup on Sunday. I wish both teams luck, but I hope the Rams win. Well, I'm glad you finished that way because, look, this is being billed as the biggest game of the week, maybe the season, and I agree. But what I love about the league is look ahead to next week. Yeah, right. Do you know what's next for Tampa Bay? What? Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Oh, my goodness. You know, my, wow. you know what my moronic question of the week is? What? If you told Tom he could only win one of the next two games, this one at SoFi, an NFC game against undefeated Los Angeles, his first game or as a pro in LA. Or beaten Belichick? We, we, in know Foxborough? What, we know what the answer is, right? <laughs> oh, God, yes. Similarly, for the Rams, like, division play starts yeah. next week. Like, beating Arizona is equally maybe more important than beating Tampa Bay. Right. But we'll get there when we get there. I don't mean to bring that up as to imply that no, no, either team you. is going to be looking past this one because all eyes are on SoFi Stadium Sunday. DeMarco, good to see you always. Good to see you, man. Man, these are the ones we absolutely live for. Hope you can be here in person. If not... Catch us on the broadcast. And thank you for listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.